Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the All Things Lee's podcast, the Christmas special of the podcast. It's still going to be the same as the others in terms of content, but it is the last one before Christmas and the New Year, so yeah, it's a Christmas special. Uh, I'm Ed McIntyre, uh, if you haven't heard me already, and uh, joining me, as ever, is my co-host, Charles Foster. Hello. Hiya, mate. You alright? Yeah, you? Not really, I'm a bit ill, but you know, I'm here anyway. <laughs> yeah, apart from, apart from that, you're fine? Yeah, I'm okay, yeah. Yeah, Sometimes. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I, can, I, can, I mean, you failed to notice it wasn't because I was sitting here <laughs> looking at your tinsel and your ridiculous hat. Yeah, I've got tinsel <laughs> on my uh, microphone boom arm and I've got a Santa hat on. Um, I'm right in the Christmas spirit. I love Christmas. Well, I love this time of year. I mean, that makes one of us. <laughs> I love this time of year. You, you, you're a Scrooge, mate. I'm not you, a Scrooge. You, you, hate, you hate Christmas. No, it's just a bit too cold that... It's, yeah, it's cold. And it's, too, yes. it's, it's dark at three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm not a fan. But it's the most wonderful time of year. I love Christmas. Allegedly. <laughs> Christmas, a week a week from tomorrow. So, oh no, a week from today, actually. A week, yeah. a week from today, when we're recording this. We're recording this on Wednesday, so a week from today. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I, I love Christmas. I absolutely love Christmas. I'm right to the Christmas spirit. And I am looking forward to this uh, Christmas special. And there is uh, plenty to discuss in this episode. We'll, of course, uh, look back on Leeds United's rather disappointing 3-3 free, free draw uh, with Cardiff City out on the road last Saturday. And we'll also look at how the uh, Leeds United under-23s and women's team have uh, been doing this week. Uh, there's some other bits of news uh, to go over as well, and uh, we'll be doing, uh, I mean, Charles, uh, we've done our best and worst 11 of the past decade. Best and worst Legion United 11 of the past decade. We'll be uh, uh, revealing those as well as uh, ranking the managers that we've had, every single manager that we've had in these past 10 years, in order from best to worst. I'm quite looking forward to that. Quite looking forward to that. Yeah, yours is a bit more methodical than mine. Mine was just purely emotional, how I decided my <laughs> lists. Yeah, you based off of who you like and dislike. I based off of who was actually good and who was actually bad. <laughs> I, I've, I've researched for statistics. Yeah, he, he did a lot more <laughs> research. I just went with players that I loved the players I hated. Yeah, yeah, which is fair enough. But, but we'll be doing those uh, later on in the show and uh, then we'll look ahead to Leeds United's next game that sees them take on Fulham away at Craven Cottage this Saturday as well as look at their other upcoming fixture, festive uh, fixtures over Christmas and New Year as this is the last episode of 2019 I'm quite sad about this last episode of 2019 does this mean that next year we have to cover four games in the first episode back Yes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You're looking forward to that already. There's going to be a lot of talking yeah. to do. Yeah, there is. And uh, there's a lot of talking to do in this episode. Plenty coming up right. here on the Offense League podcast. Uh, well, let's get straight into last Saturday's game then. Uh, Leeds United joined 3-3 with Cardiff City at Ellen Road, of course. Uh, Charles, it's another point on the board, but it feels like a loss, doesn't it? Leeds did a very Leeds thing. It was possibly the most Leeds thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> to be so good for so long and then achieve nothing is is Leeds United to the core, really, isn't it? <laughs> to be, Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, because the first hour of that game, was the best I've ever seen us play. I reckon and we were just we were just unbelievable. It, we could have been six 0 up at half time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's focus on positives first. Then, so Leeds, we were brilliant for the first sixty minutes or so. We were absolutely brilliant playing some of the best football I've seen this Bielsa team play for you know for a long, long time at least. Anyway, if not ever, we we, we were absolutely fantastic. Uh, of course, we went one 0 ahead 
just after six minutes, um, Cardiff City free kick. Leeds break on the counter attack yet again. Was it um, a free kick? I thought it was a corner. Yeah, was it, I think it was a free kick, yes. And it was uh, cleared. Leeds hit on the counter yet again, as, as we've been doing quite a lot recently. Pablo Hernandez, a uh, fantastic ball over to Helder Costa on the left, uh, who finished really well. Um, and yeah, one nil up after six minutes. We were 2 nil up shortly after that, eight minutes. Um, Dallas uh, turning and crossing brilliantly into Patrick Bamford, who controlled the ball with his chest and volleyed in from about five yards out fantastic goal that one um, and yeah we, we're turning up we, we were in dreamland here yeah it was just it was just superb I mean the the, <laughs> the first goal was 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 kind of vintage leads at the moment it was just a uh, a counter attack out of nothing really out of a, yeah. out of a dangerous because um, obviously we knew Cardiff were going to be dangerous from set pieces and yeah who scored.com they got it right I, and I, I as soon as we hit as soon as that counter attack started I was like Store.com. They said that the crap all, counter attack really good. Even when we were bad, they were so weak of counter with counter because they, <laughs> they were just too slow. And yeah, they, and they pushed too far forward. And uh, obviously, we had the likes of, of Costa and, and and Dallas and Hernandez who just used to fly up the field, and we were we were we were doing really well. This second goal, in particular, was just um, Dallas kind of getting closed down, uh, literally just turning around and it and crossing it first. Pretty much first time. Yeah, really good cross, actually. And, uh, and Bamford did superbly to bring it down, just volley it into the roof of the net. And yeah, he did really It well. was inconceivable uh, for me at that point to think we would not go on to win the game. Yeah, because <laughs> two quick goals, you know, 2 0 up in, in the first eight minutes or so, and we were in Dreamland. And we, we could have battered Cardiff by 5 or 6 nil. like I, I was thinking, especially. We were absolutely brilliant. 2 0 to Leeds at half time, of course, but as I say, it could have been. Four or five nil, really. Um, should we have had a penalty though midway through that first half? Bennett uh, brought down Helder Costa in the box. Now, initially, I thought it was a Stonewall penalty because the ball did not change direction at all. Looking back on it, I've it's seen, a Stonewall penalty. I've seen it back. It's a pen. It's it's a it's a Stonewall penalty. Uh, in fact, it's ten times more of a pen than the pen we were actually given in the second half. <laughs> it was. Well, we're going to the pen that, that yeah. we got in the second half. But this one in the first half, Stonewall penalty. I mean, even us in the stand. Um, yes, it's on our side, the south stand side, but um, you could see that the ball did not change direction. And if it's not changed direction, and both players have gone down, either book Helder Costa for diving, give a goal kick, or it's a, it's a penalty. It's a stonewall penalty. We should have had a penalty there. There was there was a um, lot of instances where as, this aside, where there was one point where Helder Costa just got punched in the face by one of their players. Yeah, and the referee didn't give anything. Give a free give. I actually gave a free kick for it, but not not a booking. Yeah, as as always, the officiating in this game was. Awful. Yeah. It was awful, and uh, yeah, we've we've banged on about that enough on this podcast. But it needs looking at the officiating in this league because it is atrocious. Uh, but yeah, Leeds uh, two 0 up at half time. Made it three 0 shortly into the second half on fifty two minutes. Uh, Bamford brought down in the box by Cardiff goalkeeper Neil uh, Etheridge, and uh, it, it was a penalty. This one, it, it was quite a stupid chance from Etheridge because Bamford was going absolutely nowhere. Etheridge did not need to come out and and, and try and. Grabbed the ball. He'd almost knocked the ball out of play already, Bamford, by the time he yeah, was challenged. Yeah, he was going nowhere, but the goalkeeper did bring him down. It's a Stonewall penalty, that one, but Etheridge, Cardiff's goalkeeper, should not be making that challenge in the first place. Stupid decision from him. And if I was a Cardiff fan, I'd be fuming at him right now. Um, but, yeah, he brings down Bamford in the box. The referee uh, was a penalty, rightly so, because it, it was a Stonewall penalty. 
Um, and Bamford stepped up and scored it uh, to grab his second goal of the game and his ninth goal of the season as well. So he, he's almost reached the double figure mark, which is uh, really good. Some atrocious spelling on this running order, mate. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Um, Seize on. Right, uh, chill, chill. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you know what it means. Um, but yeah, Bamford, second goal of the game, ninth goal of the season. So hopefully he just um, kicks on um, and, and keeps him. Pretty much the goals. only good news of the game. Bamford's <laughs> getting higher up in the scoring charts. Yep. <laughs> Because, yeah, so we're 3-0 up, quite comfortable, and, you know, we're in dreamland here, and, you know, even when Cardiff pulled one back, they pulled, pulled the goal back on 60 minutes, of course, Lee Tomlin, to give him full credit to Lee Tomlin, he finished it brilliantly, fantastic finish, um, but Kiko Kase gave him the chance in the first place uh, when he came for the cross and failed to punch it clear, and... Kiko Kassir should should not have done that. I mean, he does it all the time. Yeah, I mean, people have defended him because you know he's coming out and he wants to help the defenders, and I get that. But if you're going to come out, make sure that you're going to get that ball, and when you get the ball, punch it miles clear. Don't don't do don't don't come out and then just the not thing, get the ball. The thing is though, with this game is even when we punched it miles clear, even when we knocked it out of play, if the throwing was in our half. It was a long throw. We we, we had to deal with a, with a, a dead ball situation like yeah. every 10 seconds. Yeah. Every time the ball went out of play, unless it was in their half. Yeah, those long throws are so annoying as well. The, the square ball podcast, oh. their match ball podcast afterwards, they were saying it. Each long throw, they took about you know two minutes to, to set everyone up to get over big men forward for a throw-in. I mean, if we were taking a short throw-in, it wouldn't, the referee wouldn't allow that much time, but for long throw-ins, he's like, oh, yeah, go on, T- take 10 minutes if you need to to, to set this long throw-in up. Awful. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Uh, t- time-wasting tactic, that. Um, I hate Lee Tomlin as well. Yeah, I hate a lot of players in that yeah, team. Yeah. He's, he's small and fat, and he's been dreadful for years and years, but I can't if he, some, he somehow does decent. Um, they eat pizza after games as well. Yeah. But, <laughs> but to be fair to Lee Tomlin, though, this was a good goal to to get Cardiff back in the game, get there. It was an open goal, goal back. It yeah, was, it was an open because Kiko gave him a chance, and Kiko should not have done that. Kiko needs to learn from that. Really, you know, I have heard people defend it, but I can't, I can't defend him because he's come out, done absolutely nothing, and gifted Lee Tomlin that chance, and um, and he took it well. A really good goal, but really poor goal to concede on a Leeds United uh, view. And at that point, though, yes, it was three-one, but we were so comfortable. You know, you never expected Cardiff to really get back into the game. Um, it took them ages to get back into it. Yeah, I mean, it was like twenty minutes at three-one. Yeah, well, you thought that we'd just see it out, really, and you never really thought that they'd get back into it, but they did. Three-two on eighty-two minutes. Sean Morrison header. Um, too easy. This too easy. And Ketty gives away a foul on like just after just in, just into our half after the halfway line. Uh, they have their. I think it's a left back or left winger. He was completely unmarked, and Costa doesn't close him down anywhere near fast enough. He has all the time in the world to knock a ball in, and we just don't defend it. Yeah, it, it, it was a really, really you know appalling. Po- goal. Yeah, Paul, Paul. Yeah, because Leeds United just seemed to fall asleep. Yeah, free kick, one simple ball out to the left, one simple cross, and and, and a header, and yeah, too easy for them. Really, really poor from Leeds United there, and then, then they equalised. Are we, in we not, are we, minutes. Are we not mention, mention the fact that they were down down to ten men when they equalised? Yeah, there were there were Eddie and Ketty, of course, for substitute came on with his pace and um, got the better of Sean of um, Sean, Morrison. Sean Morrison, the goal scorer, yeah. and he went in. I, initially, I thought it was a Stonewall red card. It was it was an awful awful challenge. Looking back in it. Maybe could have been a yellow, but... He goes into the back of him, mate, studs up. That's, yeah. a, that's a red card. Yeah, red card challenge. Sean Morrison uh, goes off. Cardiff down to 10 men. And at that point, you're thinking, it's 3-2, but you're thinking, oh, they're down to 10 men. Job done, eh? Job done. And we have a free kick from that red card foul <laughs> at their end of the pitch. 
right near the corner flag. Yeah. Oh, and it's like I think it's like I don't even know if it's eighty nine minutes actually. With like eighty nine minutes on the clock, and you think, should we just go stand in that corner? No, well, their equalizer came eighty eight minutes, so it'd been. Oh, I We we didn't have very long left at all. We could, yeah. we, we could have stayed up there into the pitch, repeatedly got throw-ins in corners, and yeah. wasted tons of time. But we don't do that. What, no. we, did, what we decided to do was let Pablo knock it in. They head it out immediately. And come right up our end and score. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Really poor, really um, wrong choice. We should, have, we should have put it in the corner. I, I know that it's not the else's style of play, and we'll probably never do that. But I quite, I quite like that when you when you're winning late on, you need to hold on to the to the victory. Just keep it in your corner. Keep keep it in. Keep waste, in there. Waste the as pitch. much yeah. time as possible. Just waste time. Just cheat your way to victory. <laughs> That's how you do it. Um, but yeah. 3-2, they go down to 10 men. You're thinking, oh, job done here. But Leeds United just seem to struggle against teams who have 10 men uh, for some reason. And, uh, yeah, Cardiff Sequizer came on 88 minutes. Uh, Tomlin, nice, really nice flick forward. This was, um, their, best, this was their best goal. Yeah, really, really nice assist, uh, really nice flick on uh, forward to uh, Robert uh, Glatz, Glatzel, I think. To say Gla- you Glatzel, I think. Glatzel, um, who uh, scored. Um, but... I put substitute Pascal Stewart here at fault. Now I know he's a youngster; he's twenty years old. But you know, he was—he got the wrong side of him. He didn't read the game properly, and 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 he let him through. And it was just poor defending in the end, really, really, really poor to concede this goal. And Cardiff didn't deserve it, and we didn't deserve to to to, to concede really because we were dominant throughout the game. And yeah, really, really frustrating because yeah, Le- Leeds dominated. Cardiff offered nothing for the entire game. We just switched off late on at, at, at times and suffered consequences at the end of the day. Um, we almost won it at the end, though, and Ketia, uh, his header was saved and then Ben White uh, missed pretty much an open goal, really, but it did just hit off his leg, really. Didn't, he couldn't really react. Uh, but 3-3 at full time. What went wrong, Charles, for Leeds? 3-0 up, ended 3-3. What went wrong? Extreme levels of complacency, I would say, in that game. And I think it's happened in the past as well when we just think get the game is won. The game is not won until you're walking off, off the pitch. And Neil Harris is crying. That's when the game's won. It's not won on 60 minutes. It's, it's definitely not won with in eight, on 82 minutes. It's a 90 minute. It's a 90 minute plus extra time game. Yeah. And we we gave up in the second half. We thought this is done for, and we we just defended badly. There was there was two or three instances of terrible defending. Yeah. The first goal is poor goalkeeping, and the second two goals. Uh, so the, second, the second and third goal are just poor defensive work. Yeah, because we we were, we're complacent on the free kick for the second goal, and the third goal is a lack of lack a, of judgment, a lack of savvy, a lack of knowing what you need to do in a certain scenario, a lack of experience. Yeah, where someone need someone someone like Pablo or someone like Liam Cooper or Luke Hale, experienced players, you'll be saying keep it at their end of the pitch for five minutes. That's all we got to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that complacency was a big part because, yeah, 3-0 up, win Dreamland, the, the crowd's going mental. It was a really, really fantastic atmosphere. And the players must have thought, yeah, job done, Cardiff are offering nothing, but... Um, they were they, so poor. Yeah, they were. But but what they're good at, they did well in this game. Bielsa said it afterwards as well. He said, I knew how they were going to play, but we, we just couldn't cope with them in the end. And, and that's basically what happened. Um, I put it down to the substitutes. Really, because Bamford, of course... He went off at 3-1. Yeah, Bamford went off at 3-1 on 77 minutes, replaced by uh, Eddie Nketiah, and we just lost something there, really. And I think, I do see Bielsa's point in, Bamford makes the team more complete, whereas Eddie Nketiah... um, He's got so much better hold-up player than Bamford. Yeah. 
Like, it brings we, others into the game so much better. Or if he can't, if he can't bring it down, he's nodding off out of play. He's, he's, he's making sure that we get like a throw, they get a throw in, or we get a throw in yeah. high of the pitch, or he's he's laying people off. Whereas Inketi just seems to be, unless he can turn around and run at somebody, he's he's not neither use nor ornament. He seems to be like that second goal. If he doesn't give away that stupid free kick by trying to two foot someone from, well, I want two foot someone, leg someone up from behind, yeah. which is what he did. Whereas I think. If you'd have let him, the defender run a bit further, I reckon Phillips or Click would have had him. Yeah, close, that, close yeah. him down. Absolutely. I, I don't think Bamford. I think Bamford and Nketiah is a really good partnership waiting to happen, but it's just not going to happen under Bielsa, is it? Um, yeah. But yeah, Bamford. I just feel as though we missed something. Bamford, of course, on a hat trick as well. He would have thought, oh, I really want to get this hat trick, and, and would have tried to go for it. And so I, I would have kept Bamford on personally. And then the it, it didn't look great either. It, it really didn't look great, and. Um, he, he probably will go in January. Do you think? It does look like it. He seems to be less asked every time he comes on. Yeah. Will you, will you be bothered if he goes back to Arsenal? I'd be bothered if we don't replace him. Yeah. Like that, that's the big thing because you need competition for places, of course. And Eddie Nketiah is you, you can see it there. He is a goal scorer. He's really. not a player to to bring on to see out a game. He's, yeah. He's a player you bring on when you need to you need to score and win. Yeah. When, exactly. When you when you when you're drawing, when it's a tight game, you need to score a goal and win, or score a goal and draw, like Preston where he came on and scored and drew, or Barnsley when yeah. he came on and scored, to get us some points. Then he's then he's your man. He's perfect. Yeah, he's not someone to hold to to hold the game and, and keep at that score. He's not he's not a player to see a game out. Yeah, he's but, just not that type of player. Yeah, but but he's a great option to have, and you know, competition for places is always good. And so I'd say that that we kind of need Eddie Nketiah really, and I think that Leeds United have screwed themselves really here because Eddie Nketiah has been on the bench, and we discussed it last week actually. Eddie Nketiah has been on the bench. I'm I'm pretty sure that when Eddie Nketiah came in, Kemaru had just left, and he was thinking, all right, if I get fully up to speed, I'm going to be starting every week, and it just hasn't happened. So if he goes, and we try to convince you know another big Premier League club we've been linked with that Rian Buster um, at Liverpool, that young uh, striker there, and yeah, like you won't be able to ring him up and say, oh, can we? take you on loan, we'll give you 15 grand a week, but you're just going to be sat on the bench every week. They wouldn't do it. They would not do it. If you're going to go for Prem loans, the Prem loans want to play. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> I am I'm, I'm, I don't think we'll, we would be able to get replacement if Eddie and Ketcher leaves. So, that's why I think it's vital that we do keep him. But if he does go and we do replace him, then I'm, I'm, I'm not really not too bothered about it, really. Um but yeah, Eddie and Ketty in this game didn't really look good and Bamford should have stayed on for me. Alioski Harrison um, on 81 minutes. Alioski came on and, um, you know, substitution that we've seen quite some time, just like for like the... Um, and Alioski, I'm a big fan of actually, of, uh, Alioski actually. Uh, but it's the third substitution. Stewick uh, for Bavardi. Bavardi, experience. Yes, he's not got a lot of height and I can see why Bielsa brought Stewick on because he's thinking, oh, they're going to pump a lot of balls into the box. We can't need that height on. But Bavardi's got the experience, Stewart, 20 years old. He had only made his championship debut on the Tuesday night, came on as a late sub in that win over win over Hull. And then he's come on as a late sub here. He's got barely any first-team experience. He kept going for say, the same headers that Ben White was going yeah, for. It, it, was, it, was, it, it, it was confusing. It looked like he had never played alongside Ben White before in his life. Th- those two just kept on going for the same balls and kept on clashing heads. And it was really, really annoying because I was just screaming, someone call for it. Just call for it. It's schoolboy stuff. You call for the header that you're gonna go for. Don't just clamor clamor into each other. Or just read what what your partner's gonna what what your um, centre back partner's uh, gonna do. Just just read what they're gonna do. But no, he kept on clashing heads. Looked like he'd never played with uh, Ben White before in his life. 
And, you know, he was poor. He was really, really poor. Uh, it kept on getting in the way of stuff and ultimately ended up costing us the three points because that for their equaliser is his fault in my eyes. It, it is his fault. I don't know about you, but for me, he gets I, the wrong side of him, reads the game wrong. And... I'm not going to blame him for that. I'm going to blame... I mean, not something we do very often this podcast. I'm going to blame Bielsa for Blame that. Bielsa for the substitution. But, but the mistake was taking Berardi off. Yeah. That, I, that I, was the mistake. I would, like, if you bring in Strubic on, take off a winger or someone. Don't just... All, all three substitutions were like for like. We could have gone... You could have taken Click off and put Struick on and gone three at the back yeah. with wing backs. Or taken Pablo off and put Struick on. That might have been the best option. And, and just stuck all your all your defenders in the box. But instead he takes Bavardi off for Struick. Yes, you want that height, but Struick next to Ben White, two inexperienced players, really. Um, and Struick, of course, you know, he, he literally made his championship debut the Tuesday night, just yeah. a few days before and late substitutes. So, um, I, yeah, I feel as though he was out of its depth there and Struick just needs it just needs a bit more really and you don't bring them on in a game like that when the game's getting stretched really but um but yeah I, a, a lot really that 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 went wrong for Leeds United really and, and it's really really disappointing um that uh free free draw but we look at the positives we played great we're still second in the championship table it's another point on the board and we're now 11 games unbeaten and also 10 points clear of Preston who are in third place so it could be worse it could be better though, and that's what that's the annoying thing. Yeah, and, it, it and, could and be better. Persp- but perspective is one of the most valuable things in football, and you, with perspective here, you realise that nothing is. We've not ruined anything. It, it is just a cock up. These things do happen. That's football. Yeah. Do you it's, think it's just an off day? I think it is an off day because we conceded yeah. ten goals in in twenty twenty odd games yeah. and three goals in one game. It. Yeah. I, I mean, very, we do have the best defence in Europe, don't we? So I, I, I very much hope that it's just. Just a one just, off. Just a mistake. Yeah. And we can we can look at that and think, take the first 60 minutes, take the best of it, and then apply a bit of common sense. Yeah. Because, yeah, 3 0 up at home, drawing 3 3 is unacceptable, really. Yeah. And um, you just hope that they'll learn from it, really. Just learn from it. You'll give them a kick up the arse and say, yeah, don't do this again. <laughs> don't well, do this I again. Mean, <laughs> we were at the, I know we're going to talk about this in a bit, but when we were watching that Calvin Phillips QA, Phillips said they had a meeting about the Cardiff game and it was a bit sore. Yeah, and they're all a bit annoyed, and yeah, well, I imagine they a bit, would be a bit sulky. But I, you know, yeah, well, I was fuming after the game, so I can't imagine what the staff and players must have felt like. Uh, but we move on. We move on. I think Bamford said they were just distraught when he got interviewed after they were just. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, if imagine you, Patrick Bamford, you score twice, you put your team three nil up, you come <laughs> off at three one, you think, all right, I'm, I'm tired, I'm coming off, I'm a bit annoyed, could have got the hat but job done. It happened for Sheffield United last season. They were three 0 up away at Aston Villa. Billy Sharp had scored a hat trick. He went off at three 0 and then in the like last five minutes and any time, Aston Villa went and scored three goals to draw three three. Um, yeah, just reminded me of that really. But yeah, it really really hurts. That, but that's Aston Villa away though. Yeah, we were Cardiff City at home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, the result really hurts. But you look at the positives really, and you move on. I'm used to it now being a Leeds fan. I used to see this stuff every single weekend growing up. <laughs> um, it's all about how we respond from this, and hopefully we can bounce back against uh, Fulham away at Craven Cottage on a Saturday. We'll, of course, look ahead to that game later on in the show. Uh, but first, moving on to the uh, Leeds United under-23s. They beat Bolton Wanderers under-23s 5-1 on Monday night to wear from home in the uh, Professional Development League North. Uh, a few first-teamers played, Eddie and Ketia, Alioski and uh, Clark. And uh, Leeds were brilliant. 
3 0 up at half time, thanks to goals from Alioski in the 18th minute, uh, Jack Clark on the 29th minute, and Eddie and Ketia, uh, who who were uh, converted from the penalty spot on 43 minutes to give Leeds a 3 0 lead at half time. Uh, Robbie Gotts made it 4 1 on 63 minutes, and then Eddie and Ketia got his second goal of the game after 76 minutes, which made it 5 1. And the Leeds United, Leeds United 23s held on to win 5 1. Held on at 5 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah they, they saw out the 5 1 victory. An- another win. For the Leeds United under 23 to do well. Is that five on the bounce? I think so. Good. Nice one. Good, yeah. good job, lads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do brilliant. Can't really say much more than that. Yeah. Jack, uh, Jack Lacker will probably go back in the January transfer window as well. So Eddie Nketiah. Uh, he scored two goals here. I hope he gets more game time at Leeds. I really, really do. I, I want him to stay. I, really I can't help feeling that like under a different manager, under a different system, like in, in, the, in, the, in the League One team, Eddie Nketiah would have been brilliant, wouldn't he? It'd have been yeah. like a like a Jermaine Beckford part two. He'd have been he'd have been superb. Under Simon Grayson, he would have been a superb player. Yeah, it would have been. He'd have been a, he was a, he's a Grayson type striker. He's not a Bielsa type striker. No, he isn't, is he? Bielsa likes the, the big men up front holding up playing and also bringing everyone else into the games. Graft the big men up front also grafting coming all the way back because that Bamford's on the front post every corner, every defensive corner. Uh, to, to to just nod it out, whereas Enketia's usually hovering somewhere on the halfway line waiting for the ball to be lumped up to him. Yeah, yeah, it, it's an interesting one, but another good win here for Leeds United 23s anyway. 5-1 win over Bolton Wanderers. Hopefully they keep that up and keep on winning games. Um, and the uh, Leeds United uh, women's team, they also picked up a victory this week, also against Bolton Wanderers. Uh, they won 2-0 up at Four Parch on Sunday thanks to two second-half goals from Olivia Smart and Holly Findlay. Uh, so congratulations to them on bouncing back from that 3-0 defeat uh, the week before and returning to winning ways. Um, and also many congratulations to the uh, Leeds United women's manager, Dan O'Hearn, uh, for being named the FAWNL Manager of the Month for November, recognised for their three wins last month. Brilliant stuff. Nice stuff, yeah. Oh, I don't know where they are in the table. I think they're up there. Are they third? Yeah, they're up there, definitely. The promotion will be the end yeah. for them. Yeah, I think, I think it's only the winner of the league, though, that goes up in the women's league, isn't it? think so, yeah. So um, they've got to win the league. But they're doing brilliant right now to keep on winning games and yep. Dan O'Hearn, manager of the month, so yeah, yeah. yeah hopefully to keep it up. Fantastic well stuff there. Uh, Dan O'Hearn wasn't the only Leeds United coach to win an award this week. Marcel Bielsa also picked up a manager of the month award for November. Uh, also uh, after Leeds United had a perfect month picking up five victories in five games in November. Well deserved this. Yeah. Just uh, every time I think about it, I, just, I think of the Cardiff game. <laughs> Should it have been eight wins on the road, but you know, it's just yeah. just, that, just that negative thing creeping in. But yeah, we did a, we did have a perfect November, and it yeah. was it was a a very easy month to support Leeds. Yeah, I think that's the best November for years and years and yeah. years since the nineteen hundreds. Absolutely, nineteen hundreds. Um, <laughs> I know, so it's just a weird way of putting it. The 1900s. <laughs> like, it's not like Victorian times. 1935 or whatever. I, I, I don't know. But it, it's a fantastic November for Leeds United. One of the best we've had uh, in, in, in many, many years. So, um, yeah, big congratulations there. And Marcel Bielsa, Manchester month for November. Very well deserved. Um, in other news, the uh, LUFC Trust uh, Centenary uh, Exhibition, uh, located in the Memorial Centre in Lisa Centre, finishes this weekend. Uh, this weekend it closes. It is the last opportunity to go down and have a look around. Now, Charles, me and you uh, were there on Monday night for that uh, Q&A evening with Calvin Phillips, the Yorkshire Polo himself, um, after I had won two tickets, thanks to the uh, LUFC Trust 
for that competition and uh, awarded me with, with two tickets <laughs> for my uh, entrance. Um, Thank you for giving me the other one. <laughs> uh, but the exhibition, I mean, it was brilliant, the exhibition, wasn't it? Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, we had a good time. We had a, we had a wonder about. We had to listen to what Calvin had to say. Um, and obviously we, we rattled through a few questions and then we all, we, everyone got like a photo and a site. We got signed photos, and then we got regular photos of us and him, and then yep. we got photos of us in the FA Cup that we won in 1972. Yeah. So that, that was brilliant. And I got a picture with uh, Bielsa's bucket as well. You did. The only thing that annoys me was I was carrying a co-op bag when I got a picture with the FA Cup yes. uh, 72 trophy and which is, which is Bielsa's bucket. But at least the co-op was around. In 1972. I mean, at least you didn't headbutt a... Uh, <laughs> Thank so, you. Uh, the, the, yeah. the, the, what, what, would so, you call, what would you even call it? Just a... a just like a, a grate on the front, like a shop. Whatever, you know, when they put, pull them the, down. The shutters, the, the shutters, sh- yeah. Shutters, so yeah. me and Charles are leaving. We're, us two are the last ones out, essentially, because there was only one guy in there and he was locking up. And so the shutters, they were halfway down and I'm walking out and I saw him and I ducked under. Charles is behind me. I'm looking, it, look at me. Just phone. staring at his phone, <laughs> walks into the shores, loud noise behind me, and Charles is just there, just rubbing his head, just like, <laughs> why, about, why they shut the shutters to halfway down I, before anyone left? I've, I, I don't know. I don't know, but there's about five other people in the Memian Centre. They just start pissing themselves laughing. <laughs> so do I. It was hilarious. We just heard a massive crash and it looked and it. There's you just rubbing your head. Like, oh. I mean, the shock was worse than the pain. <laughs> I mean, because it was a massive surprise, and it hurt quite a bit initially. And then I thought, oh, it doesn't really hurt that much. It was just the shock, just nutting the shock. Yeah, it's always, yeah, it's always a shock. Like when you stub your toe, you're, you're yeah. really shocked that you just stubbed your toe, but then at the end of the day, it's uh, really, really fine. But that was hilarious. Um, but no, the exhibition was great. Fantastic stuff on display. Um, I uh, particularly liked uh, the goalkeeper gloves display because they had goalkeeper gloves, former goalkeeper <laughs> gloves, all in frames. <clears throat> And in the same frame, yeah, no, they no, had no, Paul no. the Hubkers <laughs> and uh, Felix Vival gloves, the most two butt-fingered goalkeepers we've ever had in our history ne- in next, the same frame. Next to like, the likes like Nigel Martin yeah. and like Kasper Schmeichel, yeah, yeah. actual decent goalkeepers yeah. we had. I had a real chuckle there, real, really uh, real chuckle there. Um, I also wrote down, subscribe to All Things Leeds on the uh, What's Your Greatest Memory of Leeds United board that they have there, which loads of people have, have, have written down. So I put subscribe to all things like I didn't write anything on that board. I wish I'd have written Becky or well placed. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um there's some, you know, old shirts, old signed shirts. There was some Harry Kuehl stuff which I didn't really agree a with. A signed Harry Kuehl shirt, which yeah. I, I was a bit annoyed about. Yeah, I didn't really agree with that being there, but it's memorabilia, so um and he was a fantastic player for Leeds United. You, you just, just a scumbag of a human. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um but some really good stuff, some old boots. Uh, the Burley Banksy who we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, Andy McVeigh. Had his own wall. Yeah, had his own wall. <laughs> Wall, um, the stats wall as well, where it said how, our record against each club and how many games we've played ever, and how many wins and losses out of those. Uh, Andrew Stats Dalton did that, so um, yeah, big well done to him. To him we, we were trying to see that. who we'd lost to the most, and I think it's Storm <laughs> and Arsenal. Yeah, uh, we lost forty six times to Arsenal and Man United, so um, yeah. that's quite disappointing. Um, but yeah, fantastic uh, stuff on display there. Uh, some signed walls as well, and then of course the main stage. It was a patch of grass, Bielsa's bucket, FA Cup, and then two chairs. And um, um, Ben Shires, I think he was interviewing Calvin Phillips. Um, some really good questions actually that that he uh, asked uh, Calvin Phillips. And Calvin Phillips, he was fantastic as well. Answered everything. Um, he, he was brilliant, and of course afterwards spent time to take photos and, and talk to people and take take pictures, take pictures and sign things uh, for everyone who was there. Just single file queue at the end and. Yeah, really, really good. Really, really good. Calvin Phillips, really, really nice lad as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really, really enjoyed that night. Um, and, you know, 
two free tickets to that one. So can't complain. Fantastic display. Head on down there this weekend. As I say, um, it sh- it closes uh, at the end of this weekend. Um, so get yourself down there while you can because it is really, really fantastic. Uh, well, now, before we uh, look ahead to Leeds United's next game, of course, it's December 2019. The new year, 2020, is almost upon us. New decade. And, uh, yeah, new decade. Uh, yeah, that, that, that means a, a new decade, Charles. Um, <laughs> and this decade will be over. And uh, what a what a decade it's been for Leeds United. A lot of ups and downs, as the song goes. Mainly downs. Um, <laughs> yeah, mainly downs. And uh, to look back on the past 10 years of Leeds United as a whole, me and... Uh, Charles, uh, he, uh, me and Charles have put together our best and worst 11s of the decade, as well as uh, rank each manager uh, Leeds have had over the past 10 years in order from best to worst. What do you want to start with? The best 11 first? Yeah, best 11 first. All right, you go first. Run through yours. All right. Uh, my best 11 for the decade is uh, Rob Green in goal. Solid choice. Uh, Luke Allen at right back. Um, I'll, I'm going to explain the, def- the goalkeeping defence. I'm going to go with right. uh, uh, Pontus Janssen at centre back. Ben White at centre back and Charlie Taylor at left back. Right. Interesting uh, that you put Ben White there because, of course, loan signing this season. He's a loan signing. Um, he, how many appearances has he made? Let me just uh, look this up. Twenty-two appearances. Twenty-two appearances. Uh, Twenty twenty-four in all competitions. Ben White this season. Thirteen clean sheets. Yeah. So I'm going with that. <laughs> <laughs> very very good. Uh, we'll start with Rob Green anyway. We signed him, 36 or 37 year old goalkeeper, very experienced, ex West Ham, ex England, very good player. Yeah, and in partic- the uh, 16 17 season under yeah, Gavin Monk. In the, in the Monk season, and the second half of that season, I remember that the, the remember the Newcastle away game where he made about six or seven Fantastic, world, where world we drew one all. Yeah, he was fantastic. Though. Chris Wood shit out Newcastle in the, in the 95th minute <laughs> with me going mental in somebody's living room. Yeah, I went mental in my living room, and I had people over from America, my family over from America. They were in the other room, they had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know how many appearances he made, but I would imagine it would be less than 50. But he 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 was such a good goalkeeper. Um, Evan was gutted when he left. Um, so much so that, that it was compounded by the fact we replaced him with Felix Viedvold, yeah. one of the worst goalkeepers we've had of the decade. <laughs> but Robert Green, he did well when he left. He went to Chelsea, sat on their bench and won the Europa well, no, League. He, he went to Huddersfield first, then he went to Chelsea. Yeah, and then he went to Chelsea, sat on the bench and won the Europa League. And, lifted, Europa League and then lifted the trophy as well, which was well funny. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, he made uh, 48 appearances oh, in total. Just less than 50 um, then, I'm right. Yeah. Greenfield leads, 46 in the championship. A very good player. I, I think he wanted to be guaranteed first team in, yeah, in the following season in 17-18, which we, it was refused. So he left. Uh, Luke Ayling, I'll start from right back to, to left. Very, very good player, signed in the Gary Monk season. That was, that was probably his best season for Leeds. Adaptable. Uh, we signed him for... Something like something stupid, like five hundred thousand pounds or something from Bristol City. Lee Johnson has gone on record to say he's since regretted selling Luke Early, which made it even better. <laughs> made it, it gave him a better place in my heart as well because I despise Lee Johnson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I've always uh, liked Luke Early. Obviously, he's pushing much further up forward in the in the Bielsa system, and he's getting plenty of opportunities to. Uh, uh, make chances, score goals. I mean, he doesn't always take them, but you know he's getting the positions. Yep. And I've always just thought, last three years, very dependable right back over the course of the decade. Probably one of our best right backs, and for me, our best right back. Um, we'll go with Pontus Janssen. Bit of a divisive character. He signed in the Monk season, season as well, initially on loan from Torino, and then we signed him permanently. Very, very good player. Very popular person. Uh, popular with fans as well but he tended to push his luck a little bit too far yeah he did didn't he, 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 yeah. he tends to duck out of situations when things weren't going our way or in the Christensen and 
Paul Hacking but on yeah he threw his toys at the pram from time to time he did but he was a very good player he scored a lot, quite a few goals from corners and he was a he was just a big meat centre back which yeah. is what we needed at the time <laughs> and I, I he was my he was my favourite player when we, in that Monk season he absolutely just, well we we need we've missed a centre back like that for years and years didn't we yeah and when he came he was the first you know proper good centre back we've had in years and he was brilliant just did absolutely everything got his own chant of course Leeds fans just loved him from the first match um, right through to his last match really so um, yeah he, he he did fantastic at Leeds fantastic uh, centre half years. and then we had uh, obviously I've put Ben White in not many appearances as you've said 22 appearances but 13 clean sheets he's on loan from Brighton he's made such a big impact to our defence we've got to become so much more solid um, such a good reader of the game, deceptive of the ball. He's a, his only weakness is a bit weak aerially, aerially but I'm pronounce that aerially. Yeah, <laughs> he's a bit weak aerially, but he's uh, he, he's been working on that. He's got a great partnership with Liam Cooper, and he can play with Brady as well. And I've been really impressed with him. Yeah, and of course he's young as well. What, Tw- twenty-one years old. Twenty-one, twenty-two. Something yeah, like that. and you know he came in, Pontus Janssen left. There was a lot of pressure on his on his on his shoulders and because he t- and he took it and he, he ran with yeah, it. Yeah, flew. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Great signing. Um, Charlie Taylor obviously came out of the academy. Uh, was, I think he did. He was it the twenty fifteen sixteen season was it his first season? And it, I think he, did he win? Did he win Player of the Year? I think. He, at one point, oh, young he player was it young player of the year. He won. Yeah, I think one he might have. Yeah, he was. He was a very good player, and, and he kind of got. He was just dependable. He, you, you didn't even think about the left back position because that was just Charlie Taylor's position. And then he wanted to move on. I think he didn't really see the club going upwards. Um, and obviously, infamously, Gary Monk threw him under the bus, didn't he? In the I think it was the Wigan game, the last last yeah. game of the or one of the last games of the Monk season, where Chet, it was clear he was going to Burnley. Uh, on a free and obviously we, we got a bit of money through arbitration in the courts and we got six mil for him um, but yeah he got thrown under the bus but he was dependable and he was a good left back yeah. and we haven't had many good left backs <laughs> in the last 10 years no, we so haven't. he's gone in we haven't. right midfield I've gone for Calvin Phillips Lewis, obvious choice Lewis Cook I've gone for a, th- a midfield three I should point out right. Calvin Phillips Lewis Cook and Pablo Hernandez in the attacking midfield position which is just obvious Cam Phillips fantastic for these past this season last season absolutely brilliant it was difficult to admit Ross McCormack I was going to put Ross McCormack oh, in yeah, just yeah. because he stopped us going down <laughs> yeah. in, in, in that McDermott season yeah. where he was the only player who could play football yeah. so who are your forwards then my forwards are Max Gradle uh, <laughs> the best winger I've seen at least United in my lifetime I actually preferred my other winger but uh, potentious but I'll, I'll explain. Robert Snodgrass is my other winger. Yep. Superb player. Uh, I'm always remembering, I don't know who scored the goal against, but he scored a goal, I think he gets a point or wins a game, and then uh, gave the up yours signal to the away <laughs> fans, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and uh, Luciano Becchio up front. I was toying with the idea of putting Chris Wood in, because Chris Wood had like 40-odd goals and like 80-odd appearances. What about Beckford? Beckford didn't score as many goals 2010 onwards, obviously. He gave us a couple of brilliant moments, the Old Trafford and obviously the Bristol Rovers goal and the Tottenham goal. But for me, it was between Becchio and Wood. And because Becchio is my favourite player in my lifetime supporting Leeds, I had to go with Luciano Becchio. Yeah. In Leeds, Leeds United's top, time, top 10 all-time goal scorers. Um, the reason I chose midfield, of course, Hernandez was just a, a great player. Yep, 126 appearances, 27 goals. Uh, Lewis Cook, obviously our best player in the team for, for, and then we sold him <laughs> to Bournemouth which broke everyone's heart yeah it did uh, and Calvin Phillips who has become one of the best linchpin midfielders yeah. I've seen of yeah. the decade um, to run through my really quickly then Rob Green same reason as you um, of course the early part of that Gary Monk season 
it took took him a while to get going, and then that second part of the season, he was phenomenal, yeah. absolutely fantastic. Um, Ailing right back, Jansen uh, in centre back, Jansen just brilliant, one of the best uh, centre backs in my lifetime, supporting Leeds. Liam Cooper next to him. I didn't go Liam Cooper. Yeah, um, of course, known as Calamity Cooper from time to time. Legal Liam. Legal Liam. Um, but <laughs> he's been at Leeds since 2014. He's been with us, uh, you know, for the longest. Um, you know, really, uh, that, that I can remember, you know, in this current Leeds United team, he's been with us for the longest time. Is it Brady as well? He's um, running close. Yeah, I think Brady came in the season afterwards yeah. in Dallas as well. But Liam Cooper's um, at the club since 2014, 161 appearances, six goals. Uh, took him a while to get going, of course. Calamity Cooper, League One Liam nicknames, but fantastic this season, fantastic last season, and he's got it's got to the point where we need him in the team, really, Liam Cooper. So, yeah, I, I think he's brilliant, and I couldn't leave him out. I just love Liam Cooper now. <laughs> so, I, Fair I, yeah, I had to keep him in. Charlie Taylor, we've had no no, no better left backs. We just it? haven't. That's just the thing. <laughs> we haven't. That's literally the only reason I've got him in because we're going through left backs. Alioski's not really a left back. Barry Douglas hasn't hit the ground running. And, yeah, we we, we haven't had a, another good left back since no. Charlie Taylor. So, yeah, Charlie Taylor, hands down, the best one of these 10 years. Calvin Phillips, of course. The Yorkshire Perlow, fantastic this season and last season. Took him a while to get going in his Leeds United career. Um, you know, um, few, a few find, managers didn't really like find him. Find his position, yeah. Yeah, a few managers didn't really like him. A few managers played him attacking midfield. He, he played all over midfield. But now he's found his spot in that um, CDM role. Um, Pablo Hernandez. Uh, next him, I'm going to four four two formation. It's it's pretty much Phil Hayes' team of the decade. Just that one change, Liam Cooper at the back uh, instead of Bartley. But Pablo Hernandez midfield, as I say, 126 appearances, 27 goals. The most exciting player I've seen play for Leeds United. Yeah. Um. While while I've been alive. Um. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic. He's made um, some truly dreadful games watchable. <laughs> yeah. He, he's been fantastic. Ah. You know. Our main man. Back in the last season, he was the one pulling all the strings. He's been absolutely phenomenal, pa- Pablo Hernandez. Um, so he definitely, um, he was first name on the team sheet here. Max Gradle, uh, left wing, tw- uh, 77 <laughs> appearances, 25 goals. Um, of course, a loan spell and then uh, joined permanently. Part of the squad that uh, got promoted in 2010. Uh, fantastic player. The the best winger I have seen play for Leeds United. He just used determination to get past whatever fullback he was yeah. up against. He was it, just all pace and, and, and trickery and just determination. Yeah, he was fantastic. Scored, yeah. scored plenty of goals as well. Um, he was slightly too emotional. Slightly too yeah, emotional. Yeah, he was. Of course, <laughs> got that red card against Bristol, Bristol Rovers in that final game of the season. And where, lost his head completely. Yeah. And, and had to be dragged off the pitch by Beckford. Yeah, and that could have easily cost us promotion there, but thankfully it didn't. But Matt Gradle. Fantastic winger, had to be in this. Robert Snodgrass, right wing, 168 appearances for him in total at Leeds, uh, 35 goals. Um, I've had dinner with him when I went to go. Um, yeah, when I went to go meet Pele um, when he <laughs> when he when he came to Leeds at Centurion Pavilion in 2016. Um, on the table next to me, Guy McAllister was there. He got pissed, <laughs> um, and then uh, at the front, a few tables uh, in front of me. Uh, Robert Snodgrass and uh, Jake Livermore, the uh, Hull City pair, uh, were sat there. Weird combo, that. No, but they were both at Hull. Yeah, um, no, it's just, you just you don't imagine them two together. Do you ever? On, on, <laughs> you on, a, on, a, on a social night no. out, you never see them um, two, would you? But no, they, they were all brilliant. Robert Snodgrass, brilliant when, when I met him. He, he was fantastic. Uh, Guy McClasser as well. And then Pele, of course, meeting Pele, one of the greatest footballers to ever live. Um, still holds plenty of records. So it, on paper, he is the greatest. Some people may say that he played in the Farmers League, but Pelé, he was fantastic. But Pelé's not in his team, by the way. Robert Snodgrass <laughs> in his team. And then up front, front forward to Becchio, 190 appearances, uh, 75 goals in total for Leeds. 
fantastic. One of my favourite players playing for Leeds United growing up. <laughs> and then uh, next to him, Jermaine Beckford, 126 appearances in total f- uh, for Leeds for him and then 71 goals. I had to put him in. I couldn't put Jermaine him in Beckford. purely because he didn't score that many goals in this decade. But he was he was fantastic. So many memories in this decade, though. Yeah, of course. Start of the decade, January third, twenty ten. 1-0 away at Man United. He scored that goal, 19 minutes in. Fantastic, fantastic um, finish, really. It was kind of maybe miss hit, but it, it managed to it managed to score. Jermaine Beckford, yeah. memorable goal. The goals that he scored against Tottenham Hotspur in the next round there uh, in that year in the FA Cup, we unfortunately lost a replay 3-1, but due to first game, 2-2 away at Spurs. Beckford, both goals, last-minute penalty. I won't forget that. And then, of course, he scored the goal against Bristol Rovers to beat him 2-1 to send us up into the championship. I could not leave him out. Now, of course, McCormack, um, Housen, Lewis Cook, Chris Wood, I almost put them in. Yeah. Um, if I was All to put... players. <laughs> yeah, if I were, I would have put McCormack in ahead of Chris Wood, though. McCormack, he kept us up. He did keep us up. He did keep us up. Without McCormack, we would have gone down. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. He he, he scored over goals, pulled over strings, and a shit team, really. So shit team, shit manager, yeah. shit time. <laughs> so, yeah, McCormack, uh, yeah, I was really close to putting him in, but Becky on Beckford, I just preferred him. Um, so that's mine and Charles's best 11 of the past decade. Let's move on to the worst 11. This, this, is, is, far, gonna, this is actually far This is going to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> just, just name him and we'll know why. All right. There's no need to, re- to, to give a reason for it. All right. Go, am I going first? <laughs> yeah. Right. In goal. Obvious reasons. <laughs> Rogue. <laughs> the worst goalkeeper I've ever seen. In or indeed out of Legion Yeah. The hooker is in my 11 as well. Um, Lawrence de Bock at left back. Horrendous player. I think he... Seven games, zero wins. Zero wins, yeah. Uh, I think it was seven games, seven losses, actually. I th- uh, yeah, I think, we, I think we lost at the seven games. I'll never forget how shite he was at Derby away. <laughs> it still annoys me to this day. Uh, Giuseppe Belushi, the alleged warrior, member of the Sick Note 6. Yep. Horrendous player and uh, massive shithouse. And disli- dis- everyone disliked him. And he got that he got booed that badly uh, in the pre-season. Geisley away. Geisley away, that he... Uh, he got released. <laughs> uh, my other centre-back was initially someone else, but we'll go over this. Matt Pennington. Horrendous player. Whenever I think of Matt Pennington, I think of him falling over in the snow against Sheffield Wednesday, among other horrendous bits of play. Oh, what a horrendous day that was. He, <laughs> he was an awful, awful player. Yeah. Weird fact about Pennington. I saw him on a night out in Leeds once at uh, a theatre watching Adam Hills. Was it a day before the game? No, but he was out with his mates and he's clearly getting tanked up. <laughs> so, right, <laughs> that's just true. Uh, I also saw Belushi in space once in another nightclub. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he was getting massively drunk. <laughs> Scott Wotton. Uh, I hate Scott Wotton for several reasons. Where one, I've, he, he just scored own goals in crucial games, <laughs> in, like, in, in, in FA Cup games. I mean, the Watford away game, he scored that own goal. He was just a horrendous player. And, came from scum as and well. And he came from scum, which made it worse. It felt yeah. like he was inflicted on us, that we'd signed someone, like we were getting punished to play as Scott Wotton. Yeah. I hate Scott Wotton. Uh, <laughs> two of the slowest, worst midfields I've ever seen uh, is Michael Tong and Michael Brown. Horrendous players. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they they literally. I'm not sure how they were professional footballers. They look like they should be sat in a working men's club, <laughs> and I'm surprised they're not doing that right now. Uh, Matt Grimes, he sent that penalty over the bar at Norwich in the cup. 
awful, awful player on loan from Swansea. It was that point when we got all our players from Swansea. We seem to be getting everyone. Yeah, because Gavin Monk came along. And, and brought all the Swansea rejects, with the exception of Pablo Hernandez, who came from Alarabi and was very good. Yeah, but um, he was a former Swansea player. He was a former Swansea player. I hate Matt Grimes. And you saw, I saw him drive away from Ellen Road in his big white Range Rover with a smug grin on his face and... His mum had a massive go at Leeds fans, so I just hated Matt Grimes, as did most Leeds fans. <laughs> uh, and he went on to, yeah, all the Swansea fans started bigging him up, and now they realise he's crap, which is really entertaining. Yep. <laughs> uh, right, I'll go into my next. Well, my wingers, you disagree with these, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make go very good reasons as to why. Mo Barrow first, uh, five ben- appearances off the bench for Leeds. We signed him in the January transfer window in 2017. We were supposed to, he was supposed to be the, the one of the two signs, him and. Alfonso Pedraza who were going to kick us on get us into the playoffs and he did absolutely sod all yep. he was awful awful player never oh, got in the team he was supposed to be this pacey winger uh, that would, would, would whipping crosses in he was supposed to be like Hadi Sacco with a footballing brain yeah. and he was he was he was worse yeah. than never, Hadi never got into the team and then of course went he to came, Reading and, came back and then and came back at Ellen Road scored celebrated in front of us at the South Stand at our end and we were fuming. We were absolutely fuming with him. Yeah, I hated him. So, yeah, that's why he's in. Other winger, John and Pataka. People say, oh, he, oh, he was all right with Pataka. We've had worse wingers. You've said that to me today. Yeah, I've had worse wingers. Uh, but John and Pataka was... We, he, he, we kind of signed him. We thought everyone was looking at him on YouTube thinking, this guy's great. This is a great football. He's really skillful. And he came and he was just garbage. He was garbage. Yep. He was awful. I hated him. And he went on come down with me while he was still on the books at Leeds United. <laughs> That that genuinely happened. You can look yep. that up on Google. Yeah, for that for that alone, he belongs in the worst. <laughs> <laughs> for the, the worst time of the day. Fair enough. Last one, Steve Morrison. I'm I'm blaming Neil Warnock for this as well. <laughs> he sold the best, my favourite player at Leeds United, Luciano Vecchio, to Norwich, and we were we were saddled with this old sack of shit, Steve Morrison, yep. <laughs> who booted a ball out by the corner flag. Got, the, not got, got the nickname Shift, which he assumed was positive, but it wasn't. We all hated him. He was just awful, and he everything I loved about Luciano Becchio, I hated about Steve Morrison. Yeah, so that's why he's made it into my yeah. team. <laughs> what an awful team that is. <laughs> um, for me, Paul the Hubka again in goal, in, yeah. in goal. Of course, signed from Blackpool in 2011, six appearances. And who can forget that 5-0 loss at home to Blackpool? 3-0 down at half-time, and he was subbed off for 18-year-old Alex Cairns in that game. So it tells you all about how, how poor he was. He got Tom Lee sent off in that first half as well. He, he came I, to pick I, up the ball, dropped it, and then the uh, Blackpool player smashed it against Tom Lee's arm and he got sent off a, a deliberate handball, which it kind of was really. But Paul Hubker, dreadful, dreadful goalkeeper. Um, he, he first name on the team sheet in this worst 11 for me um, in defence Scott Warren again um, of Same course reasons. at least from 2013 to 2016 66 appearances in total for him yeah he, he was he was absolutely dreadful Belushki again everyone just hated him he scored quite a good you know a few good free kicks uh, scored two goals in total for Leeds United in 52 appearances between the uh, 14 and 17 seasons at Leeds um, but yeah everyone hated him but could could really score a free kick. Uh, Zaliukas, um, he didn't play many games for Leeds United, only 15 appearances in that 13-14 season, but he <laughs> was dreadful. And I remember that night I was there, uh, 4-2 loss at home to Reading. Uh, Zaliukas, dreadful, and the Leeds fans shouted at him, you're not fit to wear the shirt. So. Um, he wasn't. Yeah, he, he Zaliukas, 
poor, poor player. And then uh, left back, Federico Bassone. Of course, <laughs> signed him in our first season back oh. in the championship in that 2010-2011 uh, season. Six appearances and then he buggered off. Yeah, he, he was Yeah, Federico Bassone was dreadful. Midfield, Matt Grimes, seven appearances for Leeds in that 16-17 season. Dreadful. Dreadful, dreadful midfielder. And then Michael Brown <laughs> in midfield as well. Very, very slow player. Another reason I'm adding Michael Brown to my list because he's always on quest pissing me off. Yep. <laughs> Listing the highlights. Yeah. I did like the chant though. Just a team of Michael Browns. That was a good chant. Just a team yeah. of Michael Browns. But it, it was awful. He was old. He was slow. He was reckless. Just putting stupid, stupid challenges. Uh, of course, that leads from 2011 until 2014. 66 appearances and two goals for him. And then Bianchi in midfield as well. Tommaso Bianchi. Uh, came in when Chilino first took over, uh, 2014 uh, to 2016 season. Uh, Bianca was at Leeds for 24 appearances, one assist, zero goals. He was m- meant to be the next big midfielder, but just wasn't. Yeah, he was dreadful. Bianchi, um, wingers, Jimmy Kebe. <laughs> Jimmy Kebe. I remember one game. It was under Neil Warnock, I think, and Jimmy Kebe was dreadful. And when he got subbed off, people cheered. That he was getting subbed off. I remember that game, and <laughs> it was awful. Jimmy Kebe was, was dreadful. It, didn't, wasn't he at Reading for a bit, and he looked quite good at Reading, and yeah, then we signed him, and he, he was did. just shite. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, he was awful. And then Cameron Stewart on the uh, left wing as well. Many people forgot about Cameron Stewart, but he came in along with Jimmy Kebe. <laughs> they were meant to be the two big, you know, next, you know, really good wingers. The chuckle Cameron Stewart <laughs> on loan from Hull City. And yeah, they were both dreadful. And then up front, uh, for the same reasons as you, Steve Morrison course at least from uh, 2013 2015 41 appearances five goals and Dreadful. the fact that he always celebrates whenever he scored against us for Millwall uh, yeah it, Steve Morrison belonged in this I just hate the guy there was <laughs> many strikers who, who we also could have put in Luke Varney Noel Hunt as well who was Billy, Billy Painter <laughs> Billy Painter a goal machine for Swindon <laughs> <laughs> an absolute goal machine for Swindon comes to Leeds and scores about two goals in in, in not two in, in quite a few appearances really. But Billy Painter, he was dreadful. Habib Habibu as well. I quite like Habib Habibu as a person, but as a player, he was dreadful. Yeah, so. it was awful. As a player. Yeah, I could have put these guys in, but Steve Morrison, he definitely takes it. Um, so yeah, those are our worst 11s of the decade. Let's rank the managers now. Uh, I'll go first as Charles is blowing his nose. Um. So from best to worst, I think, because I think going down to worst would be a lot funnier. Um, so from best, of course, Marcel Bielsa, number I one. the best. <laughs> Has to be, of course. Marcel Bielsa uh, being in charge for 73 games so far for Leeds. 41 wins, 13 draws, 19 losses, with a win percentage of 56.16. Brilliant, brilliant manager. Um, I'm guessing he's first for you as well. Uh, he is, yes. And second for me, Simon Grayson, of course, got promoted manager uh, when we got promoted in 2010 from League 1 to the Championship uh, in total for Leeds uh, Simon Grayson was in charge of 169 games uh, 184 drew 40 only lost 45 and had a win percentage of uh, 49.70 is he second for you? yeah Simon Grayson is second for me yeah, yeah I just absolutely loved the guy Leeds fan uh, yeah Simon Grayson did a brilliant brilliant job and unfortunately ended um, on bad circumstances but um but a fantastic manager um, was Simon Grayson. Yeah, I'll always, if, I'll if, always if, be thankful for him getting Leeds United promoted. If they had bought him a defender when we first came up from League One, we'd have been up in the Premier League. We would have been. We would have been. We finished seventh in that first season back at Championship. If we had a proper good defence, we would have been there. But uh, unfortunately, we didn't. Um, number f- number three, Gary Monk. 
who's number three for you? Gary, Gary Monk. Yeah, Gary Monk. Despite the fact I, I, every time I hear more about him, I like him even less. Yeah. Why, why is Gary Monk third for you? Mainly because we'd had such a series of awful, awful managers, and then Monk came along with it with Pep Quartet and, uh, <laughs> and James Beatty and all these, all these, this backroom staff, and, and turned this, uh, you know, average bunch of players. And then we, we went we were went from finishing like 13, 14 every season. And then we were up competing for playoffs. It was exciting going back to Ellen Road again. We had Pablo Hernandez to yeah. watch. We had Chris Wood who scored a goal every game, uh, or every home game at least. And, um, and it just, it kind of, it got everyone back in love with the yeah, club again. Yeah, exactly. Like, like Guy Monk, of course it didn't end in great circumstances. Left and then joined Middlesbrough. Um, and... Now these fans hate him. A massive but, snake and mercenary, but good manager. Yeah, because he, he needs to get he needs to get a lot of credit because when he came to Leeds, average team, he brought in Pablo Hernandez and Pontus Janssen, which I'll always thank him for. And yeah, fantastic season um, there under Gary Monk. Brought togetherness back to the club. Brought me as a fan. Now I was always going to watch Leeds, but um, I really started to love Leeds again because because we were doing really well. Many other uh, you know Ellen Road was starting to be a packed house yet again. Cheese wedge kept on opening from time to time as well. Now it's uh, sold out in every single game, but it brought togetherness back to the club, brought fans back in love with the club. We were playing paying high prices, but we were playing good football. Really, we were getting good results. Um, well, yeah, it wasn't that good football. It was defensive mainly, no. <laughs> but but we get kept on getting good results. Yeah, we did. And unfortunately, we just finished outside of the playoffs. Um, we bottled at the end, but um, never mind about that. But Guy Monk. Good manager, yeah, definitely number three on the list, of course. Uh, in charge uh, for Leeds for 53 games, 25 wins, 11 draws, 17 losses, 47.17 win percentage. Uh, number four, who's number four for you? Well, uh, number four for me is Neil Redfern. Uh, Neil Redfern. But uh, I wasn't going to put him in this list until you insisted I include him on in the list because yeah. I classed him as an interim manager. No, but it, it was been in charge for Leeds for three times. I think you need to include him. He was in charge a lot, but he was never permanent manager, so I wasn't going to put him in. No, but, but you need to include him. As you insisted, I felt sorry for Neil Redfern a lot of the time Yeah, because every time we'd sack a manager and we needed an interim, he was there and we, we put him in some bad situations with some truly awful teams and he did his best. And I, I always quite like the guy. He yeah. comes across well. He seems like a nice bloke. Yeah, um, yeah, he it, it, it did well. Germany spells at Leeds United. Uh, f- number four for me, Thomas Christensen. Um, yes. Now, <laughs> I'm not pleased that he's in in the top five, but I'm not either. He's in my top. He's fourth for me. But, fifth for me too. But you know, the top three managers: Marcel Bielsa, Simon Grayson, Guy Monk. Brilliant. We haven't had many other good managers <laughs> apart from those three. Largely dreadful. So um, Thomas Christensen. Not pleased that he's in the top five, but. I've had to stick him on the list somewhere, and he's better than the other managers in the list. So, yeah, I put him at number four. Thomas Christensen, he did okay. Came from the Greek League, you know, had Europa League experience, and that's why he came in, because he had Europa League experience. Also, he's a yes-man, uh, just a head coach, a yes-man. Um, licked Andrea Vavazani's ass from time to time. Um, you know, really, really, you know, easy to... Seems to have no control yeah. over his team. <laughs> yeah, no control at all. Um, but, you know, we started that season well. We were top of the league, and then... We kept on going through spells where we would pick up quite a lot of wins and draws and then just lose seven games in a row. And then we'd, we'd, we'd pick up the results again, start winning and drawing games again, and then just start losing games again. And then, of course, he got sacked. Um, but it did well at, at times during his time at Leeds, of course, uh, in charge 33 games, won uh, 15, drew 5, and uh, lost 13 with a win percentage of 45.45. So, yeah, I, I couldn't really put him anywhere else in the list, really. Where's he for you? Yeah, he's fifth for me. Fifth, so. um, yeah, Neil Redfern is fifth for me. 
Um, instead, 38 games in charge, 14 wins, 8 draws, 16 losses. Um, I didn't really put a win percentage together because if I had done them all up, like I've done for the win draws and losses, then it would have been over 100. So that, that can't count, really. Um, but Neil Redfern, 5th, did well. Um, Germany spells at Leeds, um, really. Uh, number 6 for me, Steve Evans. Who's number 6 for you? Unfortunately, Steve Evans. Yeah, so, so we're both agreeing on Steve Evans. Me, me and Ed have very different, uh, different opinions on Steve Evans. I despise Steve Evans. I, I, that fat, I can't say <laughs> In that sombrero, those stupid glasses, that fat guy on holiday t-shirt. I, I hated him because we <laughs> that Brighton game where we were like 4-0 down at half time. There was many reasons I yeah. hate Steve Evans. Yeah, I was out at that. I was out um, on that night and I knew that kick was like, Quarter to wait or something. I got home at eight, and fifty minutes ago, we were like three, four, nil down. <laughs> I, I just, I just hated him. We were just awful. I just, it, it was just one of them managers where I felt no connection to. I didn't feel like he knew what he was doing, and also he hated Calvin Phillips and never played him. So yeah. you know, I, I quite like Steve Evans. Really, I, I felt as though he did okay at Leeds in charge of thirty-eight games, fourteen wins, twelve draws, twelve losses, thirty-six point eight four win percentage. We did okay. Got Leeds United kind of back on the map, really. You know, we, we finished quite high in that season. Um, we were still mid-table. Yeah, but high in mid-table. <laughs> um, but Steve Evans, I, I, I don't mind him. I don't mind him. Um, but I don't know where else for him to go, really. So, yeah, sixth. Seventh. Who's seventh for you? Neil Warnock. Neil Warnock. We both agreed there. Seventh, Neil Warnock. Uh, in charge for 63 games, 23 wins, 15 draws, 25 losses, um, 36.5 win percentage. Why is he um, seventh for you? Uh, I would like to put him last, but frankly, there are worse <laughs> managers than him on this list. Unfortunately. Um, I don't like Neil Warnock. I don't like his personality. I don't like his style of play. I don't like anything about him. I don't like, as we've previously mentioned with the Becchio, Steve Morrison thing, I hated that. He got rid of Robert Snodgrass in the club. Hated that. I just... Really, and he brought in all these bang average, slow <laughs> players and yeah. ruined my club. And and I, I just hated him. He was he was brought he was brought in as yeah. this proven promotion winner, and we were just garbage. Yeah, I like <laughs> he'd been at Sheffield United. He, he'd done well. He'd been at Notts was it Notts County? Was that he'd done well? He he he'd done well at so many jobs. QPR, QPR, and, QPR, and, and then he just came here and he was shit. Yeah, he was awful. <laughs> and I hated him. Brought in a lot of bang average players. Uh, such as Michael Brown and Michael Tong got all those. Brought in Elias Juf, which I quite liked. Elias Juf was quite entertaining. I didn't like Juf. Um, but what I liked Neil Warnock about though, like I don't, I don't like him as a person. I agree with you, hundred percent. I, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like the guy. I don't like his style of play. I don't like anything. But he, you know, he brought through young talent like Sam Byram, Eddie White. Of course, he. He's playing at Hearts now, but he brought through Sam Byman, Sam Byman, and a few young players. I think Sam Byman played every single game that season. Um, Neil Warnock's first season in charge. So um, there's an argument to be made though that those players would have come through anyway, whoever was in charge, because yeah. <laughs> of how good our academy was, and how yeah. awful our first team was. Yeah, but you know, Neil Warnock give us a cup run as well. Of course, we beat Everton in in one of the early rounds, and then beat Southampton, and then drew with then drew Chelsea at home. It wasn't enough, mate. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't enough. I know. We won nil up at half time against Chelsea in Dreamland. I was loving it, and then we end up losing that game five one. Um, <laughs> but Neil Warnock, 
Um, yeah, there's nowhere else for him to go in the list, really, because frankly, they're we, just worse managers. Yeah, than the we, list. we have had the worst <laughs> managers. So Neil Warnock seventh for me and you. Eighth, you got Brian McDermott. Brian McDermott. Brian yeah. McDermott in eighth, uh, fifty-four games in charge, twenty wins, nine draws, twenty-five uh, losses, with a win percentage of thirty-seven point oh one. So a better win percentage than Neil Warnock, but. I think he did a, a worse worse job. Now, it, it was a big fan favourite amongst Leeds fans. We were singing his name. I think that we just wanted um, wanted him to remain manager, really, at that point. We'd, we couldn't really be asked to change the manager that, again. That taxi fiasco when it chased <laughs> them around the car park. No, Chilino was in the... Yeah, chasing yeah. Chilino around the car park because he'd, he'd sacked uh, McDermott and then he rehired him before the next game. Oh, that, that was the uh, mad 24 hours and won it. So yeah. we played Huddersfield Town that that weekend we beat him, uh, we? yeah yeah Chilino came in charge sacked by McDermott um, so Neil Redfern went in charge for that game oh no I think it was Nigel Gibbs actually went in charge uh, Prime McDermott's assistant went in charge for that game I think we won 5-1 in the end smashed him um, yeah. absolutely smashed him we were 1-0 down but then equalised 1-1 at half time and then um, just ran right in the second half I think Alex Mart scored his first goal for League United in that game a really good goal as well it was um, McCormack I think scored a hat-trick as well in that game I've got a good memory. Uh, but we won 5 1 that game, um, and then Ryan McDermott got rehired straight after when Chilino uh, full t- fully took over. I think Chilino sacked him when he was only like, when he was you know, just in the process of taking over. I and then he fully took over, and then he rehired him. So. I never felt much for Brian McDermott. No. Uh, and frankly, I think I'd hate him a lot more if Ross McCormack had scored all them goals to keep us up. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, we so, would have gone down that yeah. season. And, and then we would have been years in League well. One again. Yeah. Uh, but Brian McDermott. Eighth from the list, ninth for you. Paul Hackingbottom. Yeah, Paul Hackingbottom for me as well. Four wins in sixteen games. Yeah, sixteen games in charge. Four wins, four draws, eight losses. Win percentage of twenty-five. Dreadful. <laughs> Played awful football. That it was just there was a, such an air of apathy about the ground. Nobody wanted to be there. It was just dreadful. Because because ev- everyone it was after the guy Monk season. Everyone was really hopeful. Everyone had bought season tickets, and then that season ended up being dreadful. And then and it ended up being a chore. Just to go and watch Leeds United, especially under Paul Eckingbottom. We played dreadful football. Um, he did bring through some young players like Ryan Edmondson. But, yeah, dreadful manager. And it's just unbelievable to think that after Paul Eckingbottom, we got in Marcel Pielsa. <laughs> unbelievable to think about. Tenth. Uh, you, we've got a different order for our bottom three. Right, I, I mean, you. I, you, you've gone off win percentage, and, and fair play to you. I went off players that I, uh, sorry, players, managers that I hate the All most. Right. So 10th for me is Darko Milinic. Darko Milinic for you in 10th. Yeah. I I never... He, by the time I realised we had Darko Milinic as manager, <laughs> he was, he was gone. <laughs> I never, yeah, I think it happened for me as well. I think I turned up to a game one time. I was like, hey, so he's not even dugout. That, that doesn't look like um, Dave Hockaday. Or, or, no, I think it was you there, was it, actually? Yeah. But I looked at the dugout and thought, that doesn't look like the manager that we had. Who's that? Darko Milinic. Who on earth is that? And then I think he got sacked a few and days then he, And he was sacked within no time. And <laughs> I never really had time to dislike him. That's, that's the only reason yeah. why he's not lower. He actually has the worst win percentage on the list, I think. Yeah. Three, uh, three draws in six games yeah, and but, no wins. But he's he's 10th for you. He's 10th yeah. for me. 10th uh, for me is Juve Rosler. 12 games in charge, two wins, six draws, four losses, win percentage of 16.67. Juve uh, Rosler didn't do well at all. He's 11th for me. <laughs> Start of that season, that was quite a promising season. We've got Juve was living, you know, didn't did decent elsewhere. I think it was at Wigan uh, before us. Um, but we've gotten a few good signings. Chris Wood, Stuart Dallas, who was uh, the main man then back then, uh, came in as the winger from Brentford. Um, but it ended up being a poor season. Juve was um, had a dreadful time. Just two wins in twelve games. <laughs> so he's tenth on the list for me. He's eleventh for you. 
Yeah, he's 11th for me. Yeah, um, 11th for me is Dave Hockaday. Yeah, he's, You'll be surprised to know that he's not bottom. List. Yeah, you'll <laughs> probably surprise a few that Dave Hockaday's not at the bottom of my list. But he's 11th, second for bottom. But uh, yeah, he's 11th. Uh, six games in charge, two wins, zero draws, four losses, win percentage of 33.33. Um, yeah. He's a bit of a legendary figure around these fans, <laughs> is Dave Hockaday. And not, not for the right reasons. He um, He's just... The whole story about the salt and pepper pots on the yeah. table when he was trying to describe his tactics. The fact that he is now a PE teacher and we, we grabbed him from Forest Green and decided he was good enough for the championship, <laughs> which is amazing to me. What another one of Chilino's genius moves. Um, oh, I thought, was it Chilino? Yeah. Yeah, it was Chilino. Chilino yeah. came in. Dave Hockaday came in. It was a yes man, basically. Yeah, yeah, it was. But Chilino thought, oh, he's Actually, done well at Forest Green Rovers. Yeah, it was Chilino. Yeah, but then Dave Hockaday, first, I'll never forget his first press conference because he was because he was saying, I want to get Leeds United in the Champions League. <laughs> the man was not only useless, he was also delusional. And for that reason, he is the bottom of my list. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get Leeds United in the Champions League. Dave Hockaday in that team in the Champions League. Uh, he, he was just... Oh. He, he was everything that we hated about the club at the time. Yeah. Dave Hockaday. He was... Short term, yes man, no ambition. Yeah. I mean, cheap, useless. It was embarrassing. It came from Forest Green Rovers, an non league club at the time. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing uh, Dave, when Dave Hockaday was appointed. And uh, yeah, did dreadful for Leeds. Six games in charge, two wins and four losses. Uh, zero draws. Uh, Dako Milinic is last on my list um, because he played six, one zero. He won no games of his six games in charge, uh, drew three and lost three, and uh, win percentage of zero. <laughs> uh, yeah, Darko Milinic, yeah. As you say, he was gone before I even knew that he was a manager. Um, but, yeah, obviously, didn't do good. Six games in charge, zero wins, three draws, three losses. Yeah, not not good at all, really. Um, so, bottom of your list. Um, is Dave Ocker there. Dave Ocker there. Purely because uh, I, I did my list more on emotions, yours is more statistical. Yeah. Mine more statistical. Also emotions as well, because I don't really like Neil Warnock and, and the rest of them. Uh, I truly wish I could have put Neil Warnock lower on my list. Yeah. But frankly, they were, they were just, yeah. just worse. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's our, uh, that's our uh, manager's list. Um, yeah. That, that was fun. That was fun. It was fun. All that. I walked down memory lane. Yeah, I walked down memory lane. And hopefully this next decade is much better than this past <laughs> decade. Hopefully. Um, yeah. De- as I, I said to you last week, uh, didn't I, describing this decade as something of a shit sandwich. It started off really nice, <laughs> awful in the middle, and then was nice at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's now look ahead to uh, Legion United's next few games. Well, uh, now let's uh, turn our attentions uh, to uh, Leeds United's festive fixtures over Christmas and uh, New Year. Five games to look ahead to, and uh, four of those are away from home, which is just uh, absolutely mental. Um, of course, uh, the first is this Saturday. Let's uh, get, get rid of a shit Christmas music. Um, <laughs> of course, the first is this Saturday as uh, Leeds travel to uh, Craven Cottage to uh, take on Fulham. Um, and it'll be a tough game, this one. Probably the uh, toughest left of the uh, 29 calendar. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to getting these this game and the West Brom away game, which we're going to talk about in a bit, out of the way, purely because then we've played West Brom twice and they're gone and they're our main competitors and we've played Fulham once. You, you kind of want to get everyone out of the way, don't you? The, and you want to make sure that the running is as nice as possible. Um, yeah, this will be a... They have, Fulham have by far the best squad in this league. Uh, 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, on, on paper, Fulham, yeah, they do have the best squad in this league. They should be top of the league. They've they got, should be pissing this league. They've got Mitrovic. Uh, Mitrovic, Tom Kearney, Anthony Knockout. Tom Kearney, obviously, used to be at Leeds. Released for yeah. being too short. Like, we released a lot of good players <laughs> being too short. Anthony Knockout, and they've got uh, Ivan Cavalero on the wing as well. Yeah. He's ridiculously they good. Have, they have a fantastic team. And, yeah, it's going to be very tough. But, on pa- yeah, as we say on paper, they have a great team, best one of the best teams in the league. But they're not having the be- you know the season that they probably hoped for really. Um, so, uh, after getting relegated from Premier League last season, uh, after twenty two league games, they picked up ten wins, five draws, and seven losses. Uh, they're sixth in the Championship table right now on thirty five points, twelve points um, below us, who are uh, of course in second, and uh, only three points separate them from Cardiff City, who are in twelfth. So they'll uh, certainly be wanting to win this one, um, or they could drop. Quite a few places. Yeah. Um, they're kind of in playoff form, aren't they? Or, or not at the moment, but the, over the course of the season, they've kind of been in playoff form, uh, where they should be in walking the league form. Um, I am I am looking forward to this, but they, London, as we've previously discussed, and, and obviously last time we said we said London's hard, when we were talking about Luton, we got a lot of abuse because <laughs> we were talking about being in Bedfordshire, yeah. when it's clearly like, it's like 20 miles outside Luton, London. London Airport. There you go. Yeah. Luton wants to be in London. It desperately wants to be London, but it isn't. L- Luton is to London like Bradford is to Leeds. <laughs> Luton is to London like Wakefield is to Leeds. Like, yeah, like Wakefield is to Leeds, basically. <laughs> this, it may as well be. Uh, uh, so, yeah, but Fulham genuinely is in London. It's in West London. <laughs> yeah, we do have a poor record I mean, there. And we, we've got a horrendous record down in, down in London in, in recent years, and I am worried for this one. Uh, are you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fulham, they're not doing too well, though. Um, they're not doing too well this season. They're, they're going to see this as a massive leg up if they yeah, win. Yeah, um, yeah, they, they do have a lot of pressure on them because if they do lose, then they could drop quite a few places. Uh, the fans will get in the back easily. But they'll be thinking, you know, we're at home. Leeds are coming. They'll hear about Leeds. Oh, one of the best teams at the league, and they want to do a number on us. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite nervous um, heading into it. They, Fulham though, they don't go in Saturday's game in good form though. They've lost their last three games. Um, a two-one loss uh, versus Bristol City at home uh, was followed up by two-one loss uh, away at Preston, and then they lost one-nil away at Brentford in their last game. So Brentford, uh, Brentford Fulham's obviously their West London yes, derby. Yeah. So they haven't had uh, a few good results. Lost the last three games, but before that, they did win four games in a row. So what, what are you expecting from Fulham? Those three games are tough games. Bristol City uh, are obviously a playoff contender. Preston are really good. I've got a really good home record. Don't yeah. they? Drew, Drew with us uh, away at Deepdale. Yeah, and um, we and we haven't won away at Brentford since I think nineteen thirty-five or yeah, something. Yeah, a very so. long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and obviously um, that's, that's a derby game for them. So that yeah, it's like it's like us v Huddersfield yeah. game. So. But still, the confidence could be short at the moment. But before those three losses, they did win four games in a row. So what are you expecting from them? It'll be interesting to see what kind of Fulham turn up to this game. Really? Yeah, they've got Scott Park as a manager who's a bit inexperienced. Um, I'll be expecting them to be playing to their strengths, so getting down the wings, getting into Mitrovic as much as possible. Yeah. They're going to be trying... I don't, they're going to try and play the possession game. I'm not sure how it's going to work against Leeds, because even when we're, we play away from home, we still play possession football. So I reckon it'll be a really good game, but I reckon it's going to be a score draw. Yeah, it, it will be a very good game. Um, you say, you mentioned that they, uh, they'll probably attack down the wings. Whoscored.com say that attacking down the wings is very strong. It's yeah. a very strong strength of theirs. Uh, they're also very strong at creating chances using free balls, strong at protecting the lead, and strong at defending set pieces. They're very weak, though, at defending counter-attacks, so we could have a field day here. If we're up to our best. We love a counter-attack. Um, <laughs> they're very weak at defending against attacks down the wings. And they uh, uh, they are very weak at stopping opponents.
opponents from creating chances. Uh, Fulham style of play, uh, possession football, short passes to take long shots. Uh, they attack through the middle, they attack down the left. Uh, the consistent uh, first 11, they play the offside trap and uh, they are good at playing in their own half. Uh, so. Offside trap might be very funny if, <laughs> if, if Costa's running past their back line. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but that's what uh, whoscored.com say, so thank you very much to whoscored, uh, as always, I mean, for they, providing all these I mean, very, very uh, insightful statistics. They pretty much predicted the Cardiff game exactly. <laughs> they did, they did. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of Fulham uh, turn up. Of course, Leeds United are looking to bounce back from that disappointing 3-3 three, three draw with Cardiff at home and return to winning <laughs> wins the next bounce 10 Bounce back from 11 games unbeaten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're bouncing back, are we? No, but bounce back from that disappointing 3-3 three, three draw because that does feel like a loss, really, doesn't yeah. it? That 3-3 three, three draw. It feels like Cardiff. one, but if we're thinking about it, mate, it wasn't yeah. a loss. It was a draw. But we'll be hoping to return yeah. to winning ways yes. at least and extend our unbeaten run to 12 games. Uh, least we do have a good recent record against Fulham, unbeaten in our last six meetings, five of those being draws, four of those being 1-1 one, one draws, it's and the other being a 0-0 draw. We always draw with them 1-1. One, one. Yeah, but we did win our last meeting, though, uh, ending in 2-0 victory to Leeds at Fulham. So are you confident? No. <laughs> You're not confident after reading? After uh, I've just read all that? I'm, not, I'm never confident down in London. I'd be confident if we're playing at Elm Road, because yeah. we, we normally do a bit of a job on them at Elm Road. But, like, down there, it's always horrible down there. Yeah. But we did beat him in last game at Fulham. Do you, remember, do you remember the, was it the Monk season where we, they were just awful. All, we were awful all game. They scored an own goal. And then Tom Kearney scored, like, a 95th minute equaliser. Yeah. After Calvin Phillips got sent off. It was just... Not, not, I whenever I think of Fulham away, I think of that game. Yeah, uh, I'm. I, I think it'll be a draw. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, line up for you. I mean, Liam Cooper. He looks like he could be back for this game. We we need him. Does he go straight in for you? Yeah, you play your captain. That he's yeah. fit. <laughs> Absolutely. If he's fit, Liam Cooper goes straight in uh, for me. And then apart from that, I don't think there'll be any other changes really. No. Unless the, of course the changes were where it all went to. <laughs> to pot against Cardiff. Yeah, so don't make any changes. Um, it, would, it of course depends if there's any other fresh injury concerns. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very tough against Fulham, certainly. But um, you know, it's going to be a wide-open game. It's going to be a very entertaining game. I think that we play better against the good teams who attack us a lot more because they leave space in behind. We exploit that space in behind. Um, you know, you know, we exploit it and, and, and we do well. So, uh, yeah, it will be interesting. It'll certainly, uh, be a good game to watch. Um, will Leeds United continue their beating run? Do you think? What's your score prediction for this one? It's got a Desmond feel about it, mate. I think it'll be two-two. Two-two. Yeah, I'm going to go two-one to Leeds United. I'm going to go two-one. I think we may concede, but I'm hopeful that we'll go out with a victory. So you're going one-one. I'm going to go two-one uh, no, to I'm, Leeds United. I'm going two-two, mate. You're going two-two, and I'm going to go. Uh, 2-1 um, the game after that though uh, is on Boxing Day at home to Preston North End 5.15pm kickoff for this one is there anything more championship than Leeds United playing Preston on Boxing Day <laughs> it feels like we do it every year yeah 5.15pm uh, kickoff for this one Preston of course having a good season the third uh, currently in the championship table on 37 points 10 points be- behind us I can't believe the third yeah I know they, 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 had that they, massively, yeah. they didn't lose like 5 games in a row yeah but they're having an incredible season uh, but we drew 1-1 away at Preston back in October of course Am I expecting a tough, t- uh, tough game in this one? Um, I'm expecting a win. I'm expecting to win that one. I, I think score I, prediction? 2-1 leads. 2-1 leads. I'm going to go 3-0 leads. Same score uh, against them season. at Elmwood as uh, last season, yes. Um, I don't, don't want to go 3-0 up, mate. Oh, no. you know, I'm going to get PTSD <laughs> if we go 3-0 up. <laughs> um, and then it's a trip to uh, Birmingham City on Sunday, the uh, 29th of December, 3pm kickoff for this one. 
Um, we, of course, beat them, uh, beat them 1-0 at Ellen Road in October. Uh, of course, in our centenary game. Uh, will we do the double over them? They did the double over us last season, the only team to do it. They did, so will we do the double over them this season? Will we get our payback? I'd like to think so, I think we will. I think it's going to be a 1-0 win again. 1-0 win, I'm going to go 2-0. I'm going to go 2-0. Um, and then to kick off the new year, we travel to the Hawthorns on January the 1st <laughs> to take on uh, current league leaders West Bromwich Albion. A big game to kick off 2020. It was the only game where I thought we got properly slapped last season. 4-1 loss, wasn't it? Yeah. It, that was horrible. Um, it was, it was. <laughs> and this is, it's always tough down there, and they've got some very good players, and I i would like to put on record that I hate Charlie Austin and his <laughs> a shitty Aguero haircut. <laughs> and I want him to, <laughs> I really want to beat him. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a draw. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Are you, are you nervous heading into it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big game. Yeah, it's, it's a big game. Is it a must-win? It's a must-not-lose. Yeah, must-not-lose. It's a massive, massive game. It's not a must-win. We can draw it. Yeah. It's a massive game to kick off uh, 2020, kick off the uh, new year. We need, um, to, we, we need to do as much damage to Dean Garner and Pereira in that game as possible as well. Because yeah. when they they didn't play against Wigan, and they, Wigan should have slapped them. They are literally the two good players they've got. Yeah, um, yeah. They're, they're a good team, West Brom. It's going to be tough. Big, mm. big game to kick off the new year. Score prediction? one all. providing that Stewie yeah. Dallas does a job on... Pereira. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go one all as well. I'm, I'm going to go. Stuart, one all. Stuart Dallas needs to follow Pereira around that pitch and not let him have any any touch of the ball whatsoever. Yeah, um, I'm going to go one all as well for that game. And then after that, it's our uh, FA Cup third round tie against Premier League side Arsenal away at the Emirates Stadium, uh, which of course takes place on Monday, the sixth of January, with kickoff at seven fifty six pm. As it will be broadcast uh, live on a BBC. Uh, are you expecting many changes for this game? Yes. I am. Bielsa says he always takes the cup seriously, but we always make tons of changes. But we're against a good team now. Like last season, they made plenty of changes against QPR, but that's QPR. We're against Arsenal here. I mean, I really would want. To, I want to knock Arsenal out of the cup purely because it'll be it's on BBC this game. The pundits will have a field there. Yeah. Arsenal fan TV will be hilarious if we beat them. Yeah, I, I've. I, I really. If only Eddie Nketiah could play and score, that would be the perfect yeah. game. But. I think we're going to lose. Yeah. Do you think there'll be many changes then, yeah? Yeah. I, I hope it's still a strong side. I think it'll be really interesting to see how this Bielsa team, this Bielsa first team, does against one of the, one of the big teams in the Premier League. I would love us to go first team 11 against against Arsenal. I, I mean, We'd I, slap them if we do. Arsenal will make changes. They'll, they'll probably play like Martinelli and they'll, they'll probably play either one of Lacazette or, or Aubameyang, not both. Yeah. Um, they'll have, I don't know, I don't know if they're going to play at the back. Will they play David Luiz? I really want to see It him. don't matter who they play at the back because they're all shit. They are so, awful. Um, who, who they, who's their backup goalkeeper? Because they've got Leno in goal for me. Who's their backup goalkeeper? Martini or someone. Isn't he on loan at Reddit? No, he wasn't. He was last season. I'm anyway, sure. yeah. I, would, I would like <laughs> us to put our first level up against their, what yeah. probably their backup team, and I want us to a bit knock them out of the cup yeah. at the Emirates. Because it, it'd be great. Cause, uh, do you want a, do you want a, you know, a cup run? Or do you think he'll distract us from the main aim of the season? I'm not. I'm not remotely bothered about yeah. the Cups. I'm not bothered about the Cups. We're, we're, we're not going to win the Cup. Yeah. I mean, so. it would be nice to get a Premier League team at home. I, I would love it to come back you know, as a replay if we get a draw down there, get it, get Arsenal back out of the world. I think that would be a load of fun. But yeah, yeah, because we can get like 35, 36,000. Yeah. And yeah, more money as well for the club as well. And um, Arsenal fans are going to afford to pay £39 for a ticket, so we might actually get full away. And <laughs> yeah, we might do as well. Um, but yeah, it would be nice to play a big Premier League team at Ellen Road. It would um, it'd be, it'd be nice to go on a Cup run, but at the end of the day, promotion's the most important things so we don't really want you know you know but the, the, the least distractions for better really um but yeah i do hope they'll put our strong side it'll be interesting to see how we do against one of the uh, big premier league sides especially this uh, bielsa team 
Um, score prediction for you? 2 0 loss, I think. 2 0 loss. I'm going to go a 1 0 draw. I'm hoping that we get a replay because I would love to see Arsenal back, back at Ellen if Road. We play a, if we play a, a mashed up 11 as well, it might be a 2 or 3 0 loss. If we play our full full strength 11, I reckon we could get a draw out of it. Yeah. I, I reckon we could we could get a result out of it. Arsenal right now are, are, are dreadful, so. Um, It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see uh, see uh, how that game plays out on the January also, the sixth. BBC will be panning into Eddie and Ketia in the crowd every twenty seconds, yeah. <laughs> especially if we score. Yeah, probably, probably. Um, but yeah, I, I hope I hope we get a draw. Get Arsenal back, Ellenberg. That'll be fantastic. Uh, but that does bring us to the uh, end of episode 48 of the All Things East podcast. Thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me in this studio. No worries, mate. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who has uh, listened or watched. We uh, really do uh, appreciate it. If you enjoyed them, why not subscribe or follow the podcast? Give us a five-star rating on uh, Apple Podcasts if you're listening on there. Share the podcast around as well. Make sure to follow All Things Leeds on social media with Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search Paul Things Leeds 1 on Twitter and Instagram. Search Paul Things Leeds on Facebook. Search All Things Leeds on YouTube as well and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, of course, this is the last episode of 2019. So thank you very much, everyone, who are tuning in this year and supporting us. Me and Charles really, really do appreciate it. Thanks very it. much. Um, uh, yeah, thank you for, for listening to, to me and Charles talk absolute nonsense every single week. Also, shout out to me, mate, Izzy. She'll, she'll be watching this, so she'll know. And I promise I'll shout her out. Apologies for doing all these shout outs, but you know. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, sh- shout out to her. I also need to shout out someone. I need to shout out Luke Emery. Um, <laughs> uh, working release. So I've been meaning to shout him out on the podcast for the past few weeks because because he, he recognised me in the Leeds United store when I went there to to, to go shopping. Um, I, I wanted to jump in, I didn't have my size, which is unfortunate. But it, it, you know, great customer service from Luke Emery. Um, yeah, fantastic, and and it's always great to be recognised out in public because you know we're not the biggest fan channel, but to be recognised is, is it just blows my mind. For the sake of Ed's vanity, we need to be recognised as much as possible. He <laughs> he, he loves the fame. No, I don't. <laughs> it, I, we it, we met, mate, because I recognised you, and you yeah. you were buzzing. Honestly, it's mind blowing the fact that people have watched and then to see me out and uh, and to recognise me and to come say hello. And you know, he told me how good the podcast was. So uh, yeah, big big shout out to Luke Emery. Um, keep working hard in the Leeds store. Um, because um, I, I do like the Leeds United store. Um, but yeah, shout out to uh, Luke Emery for recognising me. Um, hopefully uh, he he's doing well, and uh, hopefully yeah, everyone who is listening or watching right now. Um, well, uh, it's going to have a very, very good Christmas. Hope you all have a fantastic Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well, Charles. Merry Christmas, mate, and, uh, and, a, and a happy new year. Yeah, Merry Christmas and a happy new year to you. Um, me and Charles, we will be back on January the 9th. You'll hear from us on January the 9th. We'll record on January the 8th, and then it'll go out on January the 9th, um, as, these all, as these podcasts always do. They'll go out the day, day after we, uh, we, we uh, record. Uh, so, yeah, you'll hear from us most likely um, on January uh, the 9th. But thank you for tuning in. Have a very, very Merry Christmas and you, Charles. And have a Happy New Year as well. And we'll uh, see you in 2020. <laughs>